Good morning or good day everybody. Um, welcome to the session number two of our Yellow Sofa C4E2E podcast series. And I'm thrilled to uh, welcome Jean Sickert, the CEO of Kinaxis today, as our chat partner for uh, our podcast number two. This being said, hello John, I would like to hand over to, um, to Andy, who's going to make a quick introduction and lead us into the topic. Thank you very much, Klaus. Uh, thank you very much for joining today. Um, we are very delighted that we can talk a bit about um, the uh, qualities of a great supply chain management planning software, uh, a bit about the emerging trends that we see in the supply chain management, and of course um, also about how companies can get most of the out of the enabling software. And for that, I'm very happy that we have our guest and uh, strategic partner John Sickard, for CEO of Kinexis Incorporated. Um, maybe a little bit of background on, on Kinexis, uh, providing planning and, uh, and uh, response software to clients worldwide. Um, has been a very successful company and it's an award-winning company, just as John Sickert is uh, uh, award-winning, the 2020 CEO of the year, um, according to the Ottawa Business Journal and the Ottawa Board of, uh, Board of Trade. And welcome, John. Thank you for being with us. So it's a great pleasure. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, Klaus. After uh, after so long, yeah. yes, but a while. <laughs> so maybe to before we before we uh, in order to start things off, let me let me quickly say um, something that I found about uh, um, the history of Kinexis in 2005 when you when Kinexis was changing from uh, to a subscription based uh, model. Um, our dear friends at, at Gartner considered that to be a, a, a quite a unique idea and not very promising. And of course, now with a, a little bit delayed uh, publication of the most recent uh, magic quadrant on supply chain planning software uh, two weeks ago, uh, things have been uh, developing quite interestingly. Uh, maybe John, um, now to my question, kind of um, what is the, um, what has happened that there was such a big shakeup in the magic quadrant? Yeah, well, certainly going back to 2005, I remember, uh, you know, as we moved into a pure SaaS uh, model, um, many people thought it was going to fail. Many people thought no one will allow their bills of material into, well, we didn't call it the cloud back then, but essentially that's what it was. And that there was way too much data to transfer on the internet and so on. Well, uh, we've always been insatiable innovators at Kinaxis. And so, um, you know, perhaps we were, we were trailblazers then. And, um, and yes, I, I think today, uh, you know, we've certainly been redeemed in that front. Um, you know, we've become masters of, of, uh, of the subscription service for supply chain. And, you know, I think today, the other thing, especially this current uh, magic quadrant, at least in in recent history, I can't remember a time where all of supply chain excellence would be described in a single quadrant. There was a time where um, if you had to discover who was doing what and who were experts in, in which fields, you had to discover that through multiple quadrants. And uh, I mean, I absolutely applaud uh, Gardner for recognizing that supply chain is a continuum, it's connected, it's a chain. And just like 
you can't have an excellent supply chain by focusing on one chain link at a time. You can't discover excellence in terms of uh, vendors uh, by studying one chain link at a time. So I'm, I'm really pleased to see the shift towards um, singularity, if you will, uh, and looking at supply chain excellence from, you know, call it tip to toe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, fully agree. Um, and I think this, this segregation, this distinction between um, system of records, system of differentiation, SNOP, there were various um, um, uh, magic quadrants um, uh, for the field of supply chain planning as such. And now it's really combined into one, and I think this is this is uh, more reflective of the of the reality. Um, yet, um, even if you compare to any of those former ones, it's a it's a significant shift um, that has happened, right? It's a it's a bit of a of an eruption, isn't it? Absolutely. So, um, and I I also want to say I, I think that the uh, the rigor that they apply. Uh, methodology and the rigor that they apply uh, they apply during this particular one was uh, was greater than anything we'd seen in the past there's no question perhaps that caused more uh, some some of the delays but I think they really really wanted to get this right and uh, and you know so the the individual uh, companies that went through it went through a pretty rigorous process I think the other you know the winners of this are the practitioners you know, especially during COVID, you know, the supply chain as a practice has never needed more information than they do now, more research than they do now. You know, every board is asking their CEOs, what are you going to do next time? And so the research is out just in time. So maybe let me let me jump on that. Um, the the What are the, the key strengths that you would identify for, for an excellent supply chain planning software? Well, there, there's a few things that are emerging, especially as a result of this global pandemic. I think this is, well, hopefully the only time humanity has to, in our lifetime anyway, deal with a global pandemic like this. It's been, what, over 100 years since the last global pandemic. And, you know, we, we certainly will prevail. I think humanity will prevail. This isn't our first test. And so we will ultimately prevail. Now, the learning, though, coming out of this is that incrementalism is dead. Most practitioners are not looking for a small incremental improvement in what governs their supply chain. Number two, I think that, um, you know, a, a huge learning as a result of this current condition is that um, it's a recognition that the last 30 years there's been an absolute obsession over accuracy. You know, there's been tens, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars spent on attempting to derive the perfect plan and, and get that little bit more accuracy into the plan. And what COVID has taught everybody is what it feels like to have an agility muscle atrophy, right? It's, you know, accuracy without agility is not the path to excellence. That's a really big lesson. Yeah, but <clears throat> John, you're 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 saying that companies are tending not to do things incrementally, but somehow make a 
bigger step change. We are talking um, a lot about digitalization. We are talking a lot about digital transformation or supply chain transformation. Um, you're talking to many um, CEOs and C-levels and senior executives um, as I do. What is your sense? How, how big is really the appetite to significantly transform, to not just implement another big system, but to really take the power that these systems and that digitalization um, um, enables um, in order to shape processes completely differently from the past. Because I think this is what it, what it basically enables, right? Yet I think um, the, the, the appetite to really go, go for substantial transformation above and beyond the technical layer on top is not always very it's, big. You know, I, I agree. I think, uh, uh, It hasn't been in the past, but I will say that today it is. there's a much larger appetite. And I think um, largely because many of these initiatives are coming from the board of directors. Uh, it's starting there now. And so, you know, the CEOs of companies are all being asked, you know, how are you going to absorb the next unexpected event? Maybe it's not a pandemic. Maybe it's a weather event. Maybe... Is government regulation you weren't anticipating? It could be anything. And so, um, you know, the practitioners that I'm talking to, the chief supply chain officers that I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with, are, are looking for what they call a generational change. They're, they're realizing that, you know, the past 30 years and the governance models that have been derived over the last 30 years will not survive the next 30 years. And many of them realize I need to leave it better than I got it. And so they want to be part of the answer. They don't want to just, you know, leave the supply chain in the, in the state that it's in and the next generation will fix it. But we're seeing more appetite. And in fact, uh, you know, our own, I'll call it our own uh, pipeline of interest and in the, you know, the prospects that we're talking to is up by 40% in a, in a calendar year. And, and so that's, to me, evidence that there's an appetite for, you know, a larger scale uh, transformation. And, and I, I know you know this, Klaus, you know, it, you have to take the first step. It's a journey. You know, there's no boiling the ocean um, here. So, uh, but we are definitely seeing um, companies now saying, yeah, we need to rethink what governs supply chain. And that's where I start to realize, hmm, these are people who are realizing that they have to do things differently, not just better. And I think, as you said, this is where, you know, the notion of concurrency as a, as a technique really matters. And, uh, and so I, I love the conversation because you start talking about technique and governance models. It's not about software. It's not about technology. Yeah, you you very very well highlighted kind of the, the strategic and the technology aspects or, or techniques, um, but from a, what what we what we see is also that some of your customers um, or clients they get a lot more benefit out of rapid response than than some of the others. What what is what is the difference between those more from an maybe from an operational perspective? Yeah, there's there are some risks, uh, you know, because part of You know, notwithstanding technology, part of um, shifts in technique have to do with human behavior. And, uh, you know, so leveraging, you know, leveraging um, 
you know, new technologies and new techniques, uh, you know, have to be done in a very wholesome way, right? And so I, I would say that, um, you know, lever- ensuring that the change management is, um, is, you know, part of any transformation, that becomes critical. It's too easy for people to use new technology in old ways, I'll say, <laughs> you know? Uh, they have incredibly, you know, great technology, but they just want to use it in, in the, old, the same old way they've used it in the last 30 years. And so, so I think I, that can sometimes slow down progress. Yeah, so if I, if I, if I maybe open this to, to, to both of you, would, would that mean that basically a, a, a partner in the implementation who is focusing more on the, on the organizational pieces, the process pieces, roles, plays a big role as well? It, it plays a critical role. In fact, I, I would say, um, you know, often people will misjudge the importance of change management because it changes the ways of work. See, the whole point of concurrency, in fact, one of the attributes of concurrency is transparency, not visibility. I'm going to use that word on purpose, transparency. <laughs> It's understanding how one person's work affects everyone else. And the old traditional approach of cascaded silos, there's lack of trust, there's lack of transparency between one function and the next. And so this changes the dynamics of human behavior between teams. So that's where change management really matters. And that's where certainly our partnerships, and of course our partnership with you, really matters as a as a core function yeah i, I fully agree um but i also see a see a kind of risk that often this type of of um, of projects um this type of transformational approaches are somehow um let's say driven by we are implementing a new system so it it, it gets a kind of it system implementation touch And this, this transformational aspect, let's not forget about changing behavior because at the end of the day, we need to make the people work differently. We need to make the people work, work more integrated, more aware of the, of, of, of the impact that their decision has. All these things that come along with this um, um, uh, transparency and, uh, and, and, and the, 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 the enablement that concur- concurrency brings, um, this, I think, often gets a bit forgotten or on the back burner and the risk that I see is that software gets implemented in a sense that let's do first on the as is and afterwards we do the transformation but if you just implement on the as is you're just cementing um, old structures and old behaviors instead of changing it along but this is truly a challenge because we are talking about projects of significant size, IT implementation, integration projects of significant size, and to do change management on top, to really change it, not just a, a kind of um, um, uh, change management side of the thing, things, just tell the organization that something is happening, but really changing things, really changing behavior, um, this is something that makes it even bigger. Um, and this is something I sense as a risk. 100% true. I. You know, it sounds odd coming from a software engineer um, such as myself, uh, but I often start conversations with chief supply chain officers by saying that software and products and technologies don't matter. 
until you bond on technique. And so you have to elevate the conversation first. And you're so right. If you start with a technical context, there's a risk that you end up, you know, basically reprogramming, reprogramming the past with new technology. That's not, that's not where breakthrough comes from. And so you have to start first with what are the attributes of this new governance model? Not the technology, attributes. And when you start there, um, then you can help educate everybody how things will feel. It, they'll feel different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this nicely ties back into the title um, and, and our, our kind of initiative, C4, C4E2E, C-Level for end-to-end um, supply chain integration and supply chain digitalization, because we are convinced that all this change really requires C-Level mandate. And uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm convinced that you don't disagree to I this. I absolutely agree. In fact, I think first step, <laughs> uh, you know, recognizing that you know, these chief supply chain officers, the COOs, the CFOs, the CIOs uh, are making a generational change. Just that's what they're doing. They're literally setting the new governance standard for the next 30 plus years. It's some managerial courage to, to take that first step. Now, I will say this, that, um, you know, I think that today the you know, there was a day that people were trailblazing with concurrency. There were the first pioneers. That's not true anymore. You know, there are companies like Procter and Gamble, and Unilever, and Ford, and Qualcomm, and you know, many, many other companies that uh, that have proven this out. Uh, Hydroelectric. There's many companies that have proven the value. Of, of this technique. And so I, this is where I think we, you know, over the years ahead here, we might see some, some acceleration of, uh, of projects. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so for sure. Um, but I think you'll start getting followers because the proof points are obvious now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fully agree. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we, you very much, very well, well summarized the, the, the need for, for the courage we happen, MSE ha happens to have a, a thought leadership paper just on this particular point, the, the need for the for the top management buy-in to really shake up the, the way the supply chain operates. Um, and I, we touched on a lot of different different aspects, the, the, the need for the, not necessarily for the accuracy, but more for the visibility, the transparency, the whole need for the agility to, to, to make to make the changes that are necessary in order to respond to changes in the environment. And a lot of the topics around the the need for business processes, the 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 the, the data underlying it, I think those are all topics that we need to touch on. Um, we cannot touch on here. We need to touch on that in a, in a separate episode. Um, Klaus, I'm sure we will be able to to line up uh, something along those lines. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Would be a pleasure. Would be a pleasure. But. Um, Thanks for being here, John. Thanks for having you today. I think a um, um, couple of very interesting thoughts and a good perspective onto the new Magic Quadrant, which is uh, um, a very different one, as you, as you said before, compared to the past. Um, wish you all the best um, for business, but also for um, uh, getting, getting out of the pandemic, pandemic on your side of the of the planet as well as on ours um so take care all the best and thank you thank very you. much john thank you very much john for being with us
Yes, thank you both. I, uh, I enjoyed the, the, the conversation and I wish you both uh, good health and, uh, and stay well. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye.